talking about World Supercross, I'm just going to just come right out to Adam Bailey if I ever talk to him and just say, dude, just move this fucking thing to Chilliwack. Like, let, <laughs> let's do it there. We can do it. Like, let's Ed just... Roxon in the big red bar. <laughs> It's the unofficial, unexpected, and unfiltered Canadian Motocross Race Review, featuring Ryan the Newf Lockhart and Ryan Galt, with your host, Ken Ken. Woo! Yeah! Keep going, North, boy! Woo! Okay! Ah! Woo! Solid cookie on the outside, pure frosting all alone. You've been fucking with no rider. She got crabs on your bone. Okay, welcome everybody to the Canadian Motocross Unfiltered Podcast. I'm your host, Ken Catton, and as usual, we have the two Canadian motocross personalities that everybody knows and loves, Newf and Galdi. Uh, so we got some big news here, boys, uh, on multiple fronts. Uh, I guess first, uh, we finally have some sponsorship. We put uh, some work in through the motocross uh, outdoor season. Uh, we're able to get some listeners, some people interested. We have some sponsorship. So if there was any doubt that the show might go away, that can be put to bed. Uh, Galdi, why don't you just kind of go through and explain to everybody, uh, what you guys lined up? Well, uh, to start it off, if you hear any noise in the background, that is the new renovations and addition I'm adding to my house because of said sponsorship. Bigger ceilings. We are going to be getting, yeah, bigger ceilings. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, uh, we've been doing some digging and like you said, Ken, uh, you know, we committed to the show last year and we've, uh, we've got some people that are interested and kind of help us uh, pay some bills. We've got some fresh equipment. And the good people over at KTM Canada, Husqvarna Canada, and um, Gas Gas Canada have jumped on board. And we, uh, I know I couldn't be happier. I'm sure you guys are as well. Yes. Um, it's an awesome brand. Uh, they've helped me out with all my ammo stuff. They're big supporters with contingency across our country as far as amateur racing goes. Um, and it's pretty cool. I got some, I, I didn't really, I, I kind of knew this, but each brand has got like this different value uh, with it. The KTM brand is all about purity performance adventure and extreme it's a competition aggressive brand mm -hmm. the husqvarna motorcycles is simple uh progressive accessible and dynamic it is sort of the sophistication serious and personal brand and then the gas gas is like the daring capable vibrant and inviting uh community shared fun of riding brands so if you're uh, uh inside that sort of hub already you kind of know these these brands and values that they have out there but if they're they're doing a great job they support canadian motocross through and through they now are supporting us here on the podcast and we can't thank you uh thank them very uh thank them enough for that and uh both myself and Newf uh kind of have a relationship with the new ee5 bikes and um Newf, i think you can attest to it, it is a great learning bike to get your kid into the sport uh, right from the the simplest of shortening it down right out to a kid to racing it yeah for sure i mean i got two years out of my uh my kid's bike um no issues and that's the, that's the awesome part you literally just plug it in and uh plug it in and go right so um yeah it was a great learning bike and obviously uh uh kind of that stepping stone into you know the gas powered bike um mm. so that was the direction that i went with my son and galdi did the exact same with uh with his son riley so uh Really cool, really cool uh, to have them on board, Galdi, and uh, good job on that one. And also, big thanks to Guts Racing, who is a big uh, supporter of the Pulp MX show um, uh, and the Pulp MX empire, if you will. Um, Guts Racing, use the Pulp23 code at checkout. Go to gutsracing.com. Uh, great seats, vintage stuff, 
lightweight phantom foam work with many of the racers and teams and even in canada here they help out the ssr uh, team with steve sims those boys use guts racing over there with tyler gibbs and chris blackmare last year maybe tanner ward this year we could talk about that oh, wow. uh, later on in this show uh so big shout out to that and then uh, i guess we can give a big thanks right now to steve at pulp mx um the goal this year was to kind of um, reach out to him and help us sort of get a bigger platform obviously He's got the biggest following in our industry as far as this sport goes. So uh, at times, you're going to hear our voices on the Pulp MX uh, uh, channel there. So stay tuned for things like that, and we'll be working towards that with other sponsors. And um, I'm excited about that. Myself and, and Ryan Lockhart Newf there, we're good friends with Steve. The Canadian thing obviously kind of binds us together yeah. uh, sort of thing. And then uh, having Ken on board as the producer and stuff like that. Just, we're looking forward to 2023. Thanks to KTM, Husky, Gas, Gas, Guts Racing, and Steve at Pulp MX. Uh, so far, we're looking for more, but we're going to be doing the show regardless and going to be having some fun uh, along the way. Yeah, and I'm excited too. KTM, I'm one of those losers that is, for whatever reason, brand loyal. You shouldn't be. I know, like, just go out and buy whatever's best, but for some reason, I get brand loyal. I've always drove uh, Chevy trucks, uh, Chevy vehicles, and then for dirt bikes, it's always been KTM for me. I had a buddy Beautiful. who worked at a, a KTM dealership right when I was at, uh, getting old enough to be making enough money to go out and buy a brand new dirt bike. And that's what I did. I bought one from the dealership that he worked at and I've ridden them ever since. So I'm excited and uh, it would be nice to uh, get out and try the Husqvarna and the gas gas someday, but uh, hopefully that's in the future. Um, Noof, you and Galdi have some uh, uh, big announcement that you guys teased on Twitter. Why don't you uh, dig into that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. It kind of all came together. Uh, well, literally really quick. Um, Obviously, as we've talked before uh, on the show here that I'm uh, involved with Future West Moto here in BC, uh, which Future West is kind of the, you know, we're the only uh, race series in BC. And we've been doing outdoors and obviously arena cross and arena cross is a big part of, uh, you know, the, the BC region here for our riders. And it's been going on in the big red barn out there in Chilliwack for 20 22 years consecutively this year. So never missed a year started in 2001. Um, and it's been going on and, uh, and Leslie Reed and future West have been, uh, well, it started off before with the Helms, the Helms sold it over to Leslie and, um, and we've kind of been running it for the last however many years. Well, she's kind of getting a little bit, uh, you know, older and, and not super interested anymore and, um, wanted to pass up on arena cross for 23, and uh, I had a good conversation with her and she kind of said, hey, if you got if if I, Ryan here, want to do kind of take it over with the dates and there's a whole bunch of, you know, loopholes with pricing and this and that, that uh, that go for it and best of luck. So, of course, I called up Mr. Motocross himself, Ryan Gauld, and uh, we came to kind of a, a, a semi plan right now and uh, we will be the new promoters, uh, more so Gauld on the promotion side. But with me here, uh, feet on the ground, we will be running uh, Chilliwack Arena Cross. Um, Galdi, we got to come up with a new name for it, of course, which we'll get to, uh, we'll get to down the road. But uh, I had a meeting out at the barn yesterday, and it's uh, it's full steam ahead with back to back weekends, November, December. Um, so five nights of racing um, and all that good stuff. So um, it will be uh, it will be in our name now. Galdi, any thoughts on that? I didn't even know anything about this, actually. This is the first I've heard. 
<laughs> uh, no, I'm I'm super jacked. Um, for those that that know me, that I share conversations with, uh, me and New for super good buds. This kind of this is awesome. I'm pumped on it. Yeah. Um, and for me, um, you know, I'm I'm I've really been really putting the work down. I'm uh, grinding, not on grinder, but grinding. <laughs> like we talked about Dylan Wright last time. But um, the uh, I've been putting work in. I, I I took over that position with the Thor Gas Gas team, a couple quid. So I got my foot a little bit out east now. I'm doing with the ECAN at Deschambault where Ammo is going to come in and basically run that event, uh, the rules and the structure and the class stuff, uh, Ammo Air in Ontario, and then now moving out to BC as well. So um, I love the sport. I love uh, the people that I work with. I want to expand. I want to help everybody understand it the way I do and the way that me and Newf look at it for our children, for the other kids, for other families. And this, when this popped up, I was like, yep, yeah. Newf got me the information. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm in. Um, I'm Noof's pool boy, basically. I'll, I'll front some money up, and he gets to collect all the pats on the backs and uh, the coattails, the coattails. Yeah, <laughs> just busted. But this is fun. I think we're gonna have a good time with it. And um, you know, just like anything in business, you want it to be lucrative. You want it to be amazing. And we're gonna work towards uh, all of that. But the best part is we're gonna make sure we have a great show and deliver something that's been going on in BC for like Noof said over 20 years. And uh, you got to keep the keep that stuff alive. Uh, our sport, I think, is in a good space. Right now, considering the way the world is, yeah, it's expensive. But you know, if we we keep ourselves to the grindstone, and uh, I, I think this is another good thing. And I, I'm for me, I'm really pumped. I'm love stretching my, I guess maybe stretching myself thin. Uh, some people might say that, but I don't care. I'm into it. I love I love doing the job and promoting the sport from top to bottom. So BC, here we come. Stay tuned. Lots of information to come from myself, Noof, and uh, the new uh, Chilliwack Arena Cross Series. Can I be like the CEO or like what? I need a title. Janitorial uh, manager. <laughs> Custodial, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. H2O technician. Um... <laughs> we'll work so on depending, that, okay? <laughs> So, Galdi, depending on how successful this is, that will depend on how high the ceilings go in your renovation, I'm assuming. Mm. Uh, you know what's funny about all of this? For some reason, I don't know if I'm just cheap or what, but I don't need that stuff. You know what? I'll let Steve have it and everything. I wear $10 Walmart shoes. I'm, yeah. I, I don't know. I'm that guy, but, um, you know what, uh, let, let's just, let's not worry about being rich here. Newf. let's make the, let's just keep making it grow and, and make it work. And then we'll make you rich soon enough. Okay. I promise. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> well, I think that's awesome. Cause I can't, you know, doing this podcast with you guys, it's one of the most clear things or one of the things that became apparent right away was that just how much you guys love the sport and, and the Canadian product in particular. And I think, uh, having you guys focus on, you know, expanding it all the way across Canada. Like Galdi, you said, you're, you're working out East, you're working out West, everything in between. So I think that's awesome. And there'll be a little bit of continuity. Idiots. Yeah. Me and Newford is the biggest idiots in Canada. Yeah. Maybe. maybe. <laughs> Somebody's got to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Point your finger right here. The biggest idiot going. <laughs> that's what I said in that tweet. Maybe, maybe we're crazy for doing this, but, um, like I said, I mean, it, I agree with Galdi. It needs to keep grow, going. I mean, if you look at what that barn has produced as far as riders over yes, the year, you yeah. know, years, the Kyle Beatons, the Brady Sharons, the Darcy Langes, the Dusty Klatt, some of the best indoor riders, Tyler Gibbs, Jess Pettis. Um, Did they say Fasciotti? Fasciotti. Yeah, Fasciotti. Um, some of the best indoor riders that this country has ever seen. You know, now mm. we see Julian Benick. Mm -hmm. We see Parker yes. Eels chasing yeah. Supercross, Arena Cross, Tyler Gibbs in Europe. I mean, these are all kids that grew up racing in this barn. It's just like, uh, it, it would just suck to see it go away. And I understand the reasons why it would go away. I mean, it's not, 
it's not cheap to run. It's not easy to run. It isn't a city owned building. So there's God, they haven't told you all this stuff yet, but there's tons of rules, <laughs> rules and regulations as far as fire codes and inspections and CO2 levels and freaking all this Holy. other crap that we've had to overcome over the last however many years as time evolves it gets harder and harder to do business um and that's it, it's the same for racing right so uh um i'm happy that galdi's involved because he's the go-getter and uh and like i said i just kind of you know latch onto his coattails and uh <laughs> the pass on the back buddy that's what i'm here for the pass like, on the back I, yeah. I like this new for super agent over here yeah great we're gonna do this it's gonna be amazing oh oh you missed that fine print Oh, you didn't read that really small print at the bottom of this contract? Oh, okay. Well, well you're yeah, right now, Goldie. Right when when Goldie shows up out here in BC in November, I'm going to be like, so where's the WorkSafe folder? Where's the fire code and marshal? Did you meet with the fire department? Uh, blah, blah, blah. So, yeah. Look, there's your heads up. Beautiful. I like it. Good. Yeah. We're ready. Now it's going to be fun. Looking forward to it. Okay, uh, Galdi, you when we were talking on text, you mentioned that you've kind of been hitting the phones and reaching out to uh, teams and riders and getting as much information as you can on that front. Um, do you have anything that uh, you can pass over to the listeners uh, on some of the riders and teams and how things are going in the off season here? Yeah, so I mean, since we touched base just before the Christmas time, there not a lot has changed. Uh, there's not a lot of silly season stuff anymore. Um, I guess sort of the biggest. Uh, news that's actually finally officially announced which is kind of wild that it just got announced because it's been something that's been happening and talked about for a while is that the Walton Raceway is taking over the Kawasaki team it's been sort of known for a long time but they're still in a position of like what riders to get where's the money going to come from that whole parts Canada thing really shifted uh, the environment over there um, with that so I mean the riders that are, are being talked about Tanner Ward, Dylan Ripple, Jeremy Mackay and the Bogle name is still in the mix because uh, he's might be able to bring some American money um, with uh, with sponsorship okay. that will help fund his sort of effort to come up here. And then there was talk about um, I think it's the MDK team, right, that he rides for in the yeah. Supercross. Yeah, MDK. they would. Yeah, they would like now that it, it might be coming to Vancouver, they would like lease motorcycles and they could all make it sort of make okay. make the whole thing work. World Supercross Canadian, even though there is one round. That conflicts, and I think it's the uh, I can't remember if it's Sandy or the Moncton round. The schedule hasn't been, but the dates, the dates right there. We can we're gonna get into that here in a bit, but yep. uh, that's about it as far as um, you know, sort of silly season stuff. Yep. Um, I gave um, Brad McNabb a call for who is Ryder McNabb's dad. Ryder's not Mister Talk on the phone and <laughs> Mister Social Guy sort of thing. So I gave Brad a call, and they're down at GPF. He's you know everything sounds just like you it would everything's good we're having a great time we like the bikes the new team everybody's getting along well all that kind of stuff and he's got plans it's uh, i'm not too sure when the last time new talked to them but the plans have kind of shifted a little bit like they're going to do some that he wants to go back to loretta's this year um they're going to do the canadian series obviously but do a couple of these other races as a state the combines and, and it's almost like a little it sounds like a little not step back but maybe lateral and down a little bit and not going like pro stateside. Cause that, yeah. when that whole firepower thing fell apart, it really kind of put a little bit of a, I don't know if it was a, Phoenix, uh, a right? the brakes. Yeah. yeah. Or sorry, Phoenix, my fault. Um, uh, maybe the, the, put the brakes on slightly, a little bit of e-brake on it all yeah. kind of thing. So, um, so there was that, but hey, there, he sounds happy and content. Actually, they just had another litter of puppies, which I can't even not believe. <laughs> um, okay. What, what kind of dogs they're, they're, they're breeders. 
what is is it the French bulldog noof? Oh, yeah, no they're like a mixture of some French bulldog thing, but that's how they make their money, right? They sell okay. Yeah. yeah, they well, sell them, right? I'm in the, the market for a market. French bulldog here, so I might have to reach <laughs> but they, out. But they do this in their motorhome. That's the crazy part, right? <laughs> well, so. the motorhome's actually still at Gopher Dunes. Oh, that's right. right. They're renting a cabin or something. That's right. They're renting a cabin yeah. from Josh Woods there at GPF. Yeah. Um, okay. yeah, so anyway, they they got a little bit more room, and uh, weather's good, track's good. They're going to be able to uh, maybe get into the star racing facility once they guys kind of move to the outdoor side of things. Uh, so he's been making friends and doing some rides. So they're, they seem happy and in a good spot. Um, and I th- I'm pretty sure on this show, we've been talking about it. Cause I just got this info this week that Natsuki was going to be 450. Yeah. Well, he's racing 250. Oh, wow. And yeah. And in Canada. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. When he comes. Yeah. Right. We all kind of, I guess maybe it was an assumption or we actually heard it. I actually never heard it from Julian. I texted Julian uh, this week. I, I wished him good luck in the pond. That would have been Oakley or Oakley <laughs> or Oakland. And uh, he texts back, and I, he's like, "No, he's going to be two fifty. So, like, our two fifty class next yeah. summer is going to be well. I mean, I guess you could almost compare it to what we saw starting at Walton One when Natsuki joined the series. Mm-hmm. But like, man, it's it's going to be stacked. Yeah. Like, there's ten guys with solid credentials behind them, and then a good five guys that could actually win motos and maybe overalls and Harrison McNabb and." Piccolo, um, and then of course with Natsuki in there, uh, we're gonna get to Canella later on. Benick with this long winter, you got to think he's only gonna get better. The Ufumzefs of the world that are now looking like they're gonna uh, Ufumzef looks like he's gonna be with Manluck, okay, uh, moving into the with, year. So that's pretty cool. Is Amiot yeah, back at Manluck? That's a done deal. That's a done deal with Manluck. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Quinn Amiot and T Parrot and and um, Zach Ufumzef. So that's kind of awesome. cool. Um, so that's going to be, and then, um, MX 101, they literally just signed Moff. Okay. It's been said that they were going to have him on, but Moff is now signed. So he is a part of the team list. Nice. It's happened literally within the last 48 hours. Cause I've been talking to Kevin Tyler about some ammo stuff and things like that. So, and Racine, him and Racine are, are on the deal. Western Rosina is not done yet. Mm-hmm. Still up in the air. I think it's on both sides. I'm, I kind of hint around that. I'm not too sure if Rosina wants to do it again yeah. the same way that it was. And, and also I think there was a couple little cuts um, on the budget side towards the MX one. Well, just towards the whole, in, our whole industry yeah. is kind of doing that, right? There's That's cuts right. kind of everywhere, except, unless you're Dylan Wright. Um, so um, <laughs> that's going on. And then uh, that was about it as far as stuff that I kind of touched base with this week. Uh, just kind of hitting guys up. It was cool to see Benick and, and Eels doing that arena cross. So you got to think, you know, I just like seeing those guys racing, right? Even Thompson, Absolutely. although I don't think he's going to yeah. be doing our series, but it just, you, you just kind of get that good feeling. The more they're, they're racing, the better that they'll be prepared coming into the season. Um, although it looks like Bogle did break his collarbone in um, Dortmund last night. He was laying in the whoops there. Actually, Newf was the one that kind of broke that news to me. Um, uh, the Thor gas gas guys, they're set right with Harrison, uh, Medalla and, and Eve Brodeur. Um, the, the girl that won the title a few years back is coming back. New what was, you remember her name again? Yeah. Avery Berry coming back for yeah, Manlock. Manlock, right? That was the other one on Manlock. I and called. then she's, she's bringing along her boyfriend. Um, from what I gather, I, I don't know his name, but he's some European guy. He's going to ride 450 class. Okay. So for, we might have a bit of a on kind of. Kind yeah. of like a B a B level thing. They're just gonna give him a bike and and support him on that side. Mm. Now I did ask uh, the team manager there. I'm like, is he good? Is he, 
he he didn't really know but it sounded i looked him up on instagram and the guy looked like he was all right i can't remember his name right now but that's another 450 guy in the mix which is yep. uh which is cool but that avery berry thing uh that will be a good uh you know a good run for for ev right yeah to, yeah kind of knock her off yeah, the, it was kind of a blow off the top, or at least give her a challenge um, even though she did get a challenge from that Jamie uh, girl from the U.S. last year, but, uh, yeah, but that's kind of cool that they're adding a, adding a girl to to Manluck and uh, obviously um, make it a little more exciting on the the female side of things. Yeah, Astadu Astadulo or Astadillo? I, I, I Astrella Astrella, I think. Yeah, I, uh, Jamie Astadulo. I can't yeah. say that right. But anyway, yeah. but yeah, her that'd be you know makes a little excitement for the women's class, giving Eve uh, some some. Some difficulty out there for sure, because I believe the, the ladies' class, women's, uh, the, the Thor Women MX, is going to stay the same, where the girls can ride both coats. Yeah, uh, yeah which exactly. I thought, I, which I actually think is a neat idea, and that yeah. maybe be the way we massage this whole East West Coast thing for the big guys, new. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, for sure. And I, I mean, if it, I mean, we can dive into that thing once again, but for sure, I think it's something that you know we talked about it before Christmas there, but. There's an, there is a there is something to hold on to there. How it works, I don't know. I guess when you talk to the teams, when you talk to whoever, you know, everybody has a little bit different opinion on it. But I just think that, you know, obviously it's not going to change for, for this year. I mean, it kind of seems like things are full steam ahead. But I really, really, really think that, the, you know, Jetworks, the teams, the OEMs, and even the privateers need to really seriously look at this for 24, right? I mean, yeah. what, what's it going to hurt? I don't, I don't see, I don't, I see way more positives than negatives. Yeah, yeah, for sure. If you sit down there and you do the pros and cons list, the pros are going to be way more attractive. Yeah, I think across the board. So, yeah, um, yeah, I agree. Um, other things I saw, I kind of caught today. I actually was talking to Brett Lee, now the new uh, team Kawasaki owner, um, which is pretty crazy to think uh, of how the things change like that. Um, and, uh, he was just kind of sharing that there has been a Tanner Ward is still, um, you know, locked, not locked, but he wants to make that deal happen. Uh, but yeah, as I said, up at the top of the show there, he has actually got an offer from, uh, Steve Sims at SSR. And so there's a bit of a, um, a stigma going around right now within the industry. And I, I can't say that I'm against it. I kind of like it, but I do like the Harrisons and the, mm -hmm. and, and, uh, the other American guys that come up and race our series from time to time. But a lot of our Canadian OEMs right now, um, they they want Canadian riders. They like the way the Gopher Dunes thing works, yeah. um, all that kind of stuff. So um, they uh, they pressure from like Troy Lee and Gas Gas uh, to get more Canadian. So I'm unsure if the Black Mirror thing is going to happen. Whether the Tanner Ward if Tanner Ward doesn't, maybe Black Mirror stays. So anyway, there's just some cool little behind the scenes. And the other thing was um, I don't know when Newfoot had talked, but Tanner got some really good news. Uh, just this past week about his knee um he's moving along faster he's expected to be able to start riding in march time which okay. is awesome to hear right because yeah. we kind of all thought yeah. it wouldn't be until the start of the series and like then may like yeah may like what i was thinking and, he and if you're yeah, yeah if you're a team okay i'm gonna hire you and you gotta be ready in three weeks kind of thing like it's he's got the resume right now right because of what he did last year but would have been hard for a team to be like yeah we'll hire we'll get your contract start paying you in january uh in hopes um, that you're ready to go and you can pick up the slack, say it's starting in, uh, you know, July, August, uh, in the later part of the series. So, um, that's about it. Other than now the series itself, I know new, I don't know. Hold on, hold on. Yeah, go ahead, buddy. Yeah. Hold on. I want to, I want to touch on the Tanner thing. So the whole Tanner situation frustrates me a little bit. I mean, you know, I get that obviously there's been a change of ownership on the, on the Cowie side and, 
and thank God it's still around. I mean, obviously with Huber not wanting to be into it or not into it anymore, they could have just easily shut that thing down and it, it might have possibly went away for a year. Who knows? So yeah. happy that Brett's involved, happy that Walton's involved. And I, and I get the money situation side of it for sure. Like you can't go race them unless you have money. So that's why they're trying to get this Bogle thing and, and this and that. But like Bogle, the for me, the value of Bogle is only if he brings money along. Like, Oh, 100%. I, I don't know. And it sucks for Tanner that he's just waiting kind of, you know, you know, in left field here, um, waiting for this whole thing to happen. Like he deserves a ride. Like he proved yeah. last year that he was good. Like, I mean, look at Walton at the end of the year last year. Like he was legit. I mean, he led laps, he battled, he was in there. Um, it's a bummer. He got hurt. But if we rewind even a little bit further, like he was kind of set at, at, at GDR. Like, obviously, like, I don't know if either party there really wanted to depart, but obviously he got a good offer from Cowie and he jumped ship, um, you know, and left what he had going on at Gopher or at Gopher Dunes GDR. But like, just sign this guy, man. Like he needs to be on that. Like whether Steve's, I mean, that's an awesome opportunity for him too to go with, with, uh, with Sims. And there's nothing wrong with that. I think he'll still do the exact, like, he'll he'll be good. But somebody signed this guy. Like, I feel bad for him. He's just kind of like, hey, I, I thought I had a pretty good year last year. And, you know, he's got nothing as of right now, right? Yeah, it's, um, I mean, like, what do you think of that, Ken? You're the outsider on this. Is that, like, you're a fan? Like, does that piss you off? Or well, yeah, I think the Canadian series needs to prioritize Canadian riders, especially when the Canadian rider is as good as Tanner Ward is. He's like, he was, when he was, uh, got into his form, he was at times, many times he was better than T-Dags, right? Who, who finished second and he was right there. He could, he should have a, have a ride by now, I think. Yeah. I mean, it's not like he didn't produce. It's yeah. not like he just yeah sucked balls all year. Yeah. Like he, he put his head down. He tried hard. He didn't quit. He didn't give up. Like, I, I just, I, I, I guess I just feel bad for him that he's just like, you know, waiting, tick-tock, tick-tock, waiting for them to try to sign Bogle, which, and like I said, I understand from the money side, and I yeah. totally get that, and I don't discredit that. But, like, hey, Tanner, guess what? You know, we don't have as big of a budget last year. You're going to have to take a pay cut, and blah, blah, blah. But just sign it. I'm sure he'll be fine with that. I mean, it's not like there's a whole lot of options out there. I mean, literally, we named the only two options that are options, and that's Cowie or Gas Gas. And that yeah. Gas Gas thing was new to me. I never heard that. But I think uh, that just came up then the last week or so. Yeah. So Simsy's all, he's quiet. Like he's like, you know what I mean? He's like the share. And yeah. I haven't, I, the last time I dug in on him um, is, was talking about Tanner Scott to another Tanner. Right. And that was a little bit before Christmas or right around then. And uh, it just, you know, things weren't making sense, whatever. And I hadn't, I didn't think that it on that phone call that I talked to him, he was sharing that he's, you know, the sponsors are pressuring for, someone they that can win yes the 250 class is a little more open yeah. um you know but you know there's still the obviously like when we do our preview pod it's going to be McNabb, piccolo are going to be your guys that we're going to be talking about and harrison yeah. but yeah. you know there's still there's more opportunity to, to purchase somebody or hire someone to win that one but the 450 one it's like we're in this sort of carmichael-esque era if you will okay we're going to hire somebody but you're pretty much battling for seconds so this is the deal 
Yeah, you're trying <laughs> to hire. You're trying to hire a podium guy. Right? Yeah, that's all, exactly. That's a, a guy that's going to fight for podiums. Yeah. And then if you look, um, look, if look at the way Madag's rode last year, you can almost say you're fighting for third. Yeah, totally. Yeah, <laughs> right? No, right? Yeah, you got one spot, not two. You got one. You're fighting for. Yeah, I mean, if you're a team owner and you got and Dylan's already signed and you're looking for a 450 guy, you can put you can literally write on a piece of paper Tanner Ward, uh, Medaglia, um, who, whoever else, and put it in a in a hat and draw it in whatever name you pick. That's that's your guy for the year. I mean, there's yeah. to, to to even put Bogle's name in there too. I mean, Bogle's not going to come up here and beat Dylan. There's no like that, that's not happening. I would take a bet on that all day long. Yeah. He's going to be in that battle with T Dags and Ward and uh in moth too right like can't count pettis, moth out, pettis. Right? pettis oh yeah right forgot about i mean him, i think so. you think pettis has got a little like his credentials that last year outdoors were would give them that nudge above madag's moth ward right like there's a like dylan is one plus 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 yeah and then there's like two plus for pettis and then two b c d for madag like it's yeah. it's it's tight up in there for sure they i, I would give just for what I went on last time, although just we got we got to get a healthy Pettis, right? But I, yeah. I, if a healthy yeah. Pettis is there, you got to think that he's going to be battling Dylan closer than T Dags and longer in motos because he did prove that he could do that year before. Yeah. But then again, you know Dylan, I think was even a little bit better than the year before last year. So it's um, yeah, that, as, you, as a four fifty guy purchasing right now, it's it's kind of like all right, well it's. I don't really think I need to spend this much money. I know you can get on the podium with this work, this stuff. Kind of Tal- talent wise. I mean, obviously we know that Pettis can, can run with Dylan. I mean, yeah. he, he actually, you know, he was, he was the better two fifty rider for a long time than, than Dylan was. Right. And he kind of matured into his own and, and won championships before Dylan and whatnot. But the, the thing if outsider looking in and obviously Galdi, you follow him on Instagram. I feel that, Jess is trying to do everything in his power to come into this series healthy, right? Like, yeah, he, he withdrew from German Supercross because that was <laughs> an accident waiting to happen. And he kind of he's been hanging pretty low and working hard in the gym before get his body strong and healthy before he comes in. I mean, I think that I mean, it's a no brainer. But of course, all these guys want to come into the series healthy. But I think for him, he knows that he can't come into to round one next year in the same kind of condition he was last year, because I mean, look what it ended up biting him in the, in the ass. Right. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, time will tell on that kind of stuff. And yeah, but I, I guess I'm, I'm a little on your side. I, I can kind of see where, you know, the, the new team Kawasaki thing is headed, but yeah, waiting for the money, but they've got a budget right now from Kawasaki Canada. Let's get Tanner Ward done, especially now that, that I think that good news came out, right? Like, yeah, you know what? Like, let's lock this in. Get some good positive vibes going. Make him feel comfortable. Uh, that kind of stuff. So, um, but uh, I'm not in that. I'm not in that seat. As I'm just making the phone calls and asking questions. So, uh, I think that covers the uh, off season slash silly season stuff that we need to talk about. Noof, you mentioned in a group text with me and Galdi that you had a, uh, a meeting with uh, the WSX guys. Uh, is there anything that? you can talk about on that or is that all uh, proprietary information? <laughs> well, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of, it was random. Like, well, random in a sense, but I did get an email uh, last Sunday from Adam Bailey at world supercross um, wanting to know if he could set up a, a phone call to kind of discuss the whole Vancouver round and situation. And, um, and basically, 
how to make Vancouver great. And I said, yeah, no problem. I thought it was kind of cool that he reached out. Uh, I guess he got my contact info from Brett Lee. Um, so we had a meeting set up for Thursday, but nobody ever called. <laughs> I don't have literally anything to share because uh, I, they never called. And I thought, well, either one of two things. They didn't uh, figure they need me anymore or um, maybe I got my days mixed up. But I double-checked the email a couple times and it was literally for Thursday afternoon, but uh, nobody called. So, and no email. Well, I was expecting that to be a little longer, but... (laughs) (laughs) Sorry about that, but yeah, I guess I could have shared that with you, Ken, beforehand, but hey, that's what uh, makes us unfiltered here. Yeah, that's how you unfilter it, yeah, that's good. (laughs) Um, So yeah, I don't know, uh, I think that I, my, I guess my thought was that they were just going to pick my brain a little bit on the whole demographic here, maybe with my involvement in motocross and and everything like that, but um, yeah, they never called, so I have no idea. Hmm. Well, it, when we were text or you guys were texting back and forth, um, Galdi, basically his advice to you is just be as honest as he can. So we talked about it a little bit on the last podcast, but what, if you had to like break it down to like two or three things, what could they do to make that successful? And, and we talked about how they couldn't in, what was it? 2006 with James Stewart and Chad Reed and all those guys. Yeah. But, is there something they could do with the current lineup they have that is it doable or what, what do you think? Well, I mean, it's, it's tough, right? Because obviously, you know, we talked about, you know, they, they did run here three years and the first year was absolutely terrible. The second year was a little bit better. And then the third year, you know, I know we talked about how they didn't fill the stands with, with James, Ricky and and Chad. But if I did look back at photos, and it wasn't as bad as I thought. The problem is that stadium's freaking huge, right? It's it holds giant, just yeah. about 70,000 people. Um, so the, the whole thing is, is that you're not going to put – it depends on what their expectations are, and that was going to be one of my questions that I was going to ask them. Like, are your guys' expectations to put 50,000 people in here? Because I think that that is unrealistic. Are mm-hmm. you? Would you be happy with 20? Would you be happy with 25, right? But – it's would all you gonna have, bo- would you be happy with three? Uh, yeah, <laughs> who, who know, like I don't know what their expectations are, right? Like I, that that's that was gonna be my number one question. Um, you know, I've said it time and time again. We live two hours from Seattle uh, Supercross, and they put literally uh, you know forty forty five thousand people in that stadium. It's only two hours away, but there is a border in between. And you'd be surprised with how many of these race fans, Americans don't even have passports, right? Yeah. Like they're not going to come. And that's, that's one of the, one of the hurdles that they're going to, that they're going to face. But Vancouver is not a motorsport city. I mean, it wouldn't matter if you put, you know, whatever, if you had NASCAR here, it's not like that demographic of people, but they need to make it exciting promote it right like if you look what they did in cardiff like the whole main street was like all world supercross and it looked cool and they had you know they need to get like a band and it sounds lame but they need to get like a band and a dj and like really make it a justin bieber yeah yeah exactly (laughs) not a party but like that type of atmosphere um needs to be incorporated in the whole in the whole event to be able to put people in the stands now do i think that they'll get 20,000 people. Yeah. I think that's probably realistic, but anything after that, man, is going to be, is going to be tough. Okay. Well, 
hopefully they can uh, figure out what they need to do. It, it's announced. It's happening. So uh, yeah, we're I all think hoping for I mean, success. It's, moving, think, it's right? moving. Yeah, it's yeah. moving forward. There's no question. And uh, and Galdi shared a little bit of news yesterday, kind of how our stuff ties in. I don't know, Galdi, if that's probably maybe not uh, maybe not public. Yeah, no, no, that, no, but... no. We could. I would. We can break into the schedule type thing for sure. Those guys are trying to work together. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, we'll break into that when we talk about the schedule here okay. a bit for sure. Yep. Sounds good. Okay. Well. I think that's uh, a good time to uh, take a little break here and head into our first rider interview. So we, we did it, I say we, and by we, I mean, Goldie got a, a, an interview with uh, <laughs> probably the most interesting rider in the off season where everybody's kind of wondering what he's doing. Uh, Marco Canella. And uh, obviously me and Noof have already listened to it and it's uh, a really good interview. I was a little bit surprised by some of the stuff. Like he talked about, uh, there was some kind of misunderstanding where some people thought he was just not showing up. And he seems, he, he says that he was in communication the whole time and he was ready to, he, he no, just really was injured. Right. So, okay. <laughs> yeah. no, <laughs> no more details, but uh, the, the, I guess the main takeaway was uh, he's excited to get out racing. So um, with that said, we'll uh, cut away and we'll go to this interview. You guys can give it a listen and uh, we'll come back after it's all done and we'll uh, discuss what Marco had to say. All right, so for the first time in the history of Canadian Motocross Unfiltered, we are about to do our first interview interlaid inside our show here, and it is going to be with none other than Marco Canella, maybe one of the biggest sort of storylines, maybe not in the most positive way from 2022, but one of the stories that we want to talk about, and I love talking to this kid. I've known him for a long time. I got him on the phone. Marco, what's going on, buddy? How you doing? Not too much, man. Good to be P1 on the pod, so thanks <laughs> to get into it. Yeah, you haven't been P1 in a while, eh? No, no. That one stings a little bit. I mean, P1 and qualifying maybe here and there, but definitely <laughs> no P1. Well, P- hey, P1 in mom's heart and the, and the girlfriend's heart. That's all that matters. I tried to. Yeah. I, I, I want to live uh, hey, we're not far after the holidays. Let's quickly just talk about that. How is the holiday season, family, and, and all that good stuff? I mean, it's uh, it's always a good time to kind of just sort of step back from reality and have a couple of pints or a couple of beverages, whatever it is, and laugh with mom and dad or cousins and uncles and stuff like that. How was it for you? It was awesome, man. It was uh, honestly one of the funnest Christmases I've had in a long time. We got out and saw both our, both our sides of the family, um, had some good laughs, definitely ate a lot of food putting on some good muscle with those uh with those <laughs> dinners going on that's for sure and uh yeah it was nice to kind of just relax and no stress no work no motocross no nothing just have some fun with family and friends man it was awesome nice that's good did what did, did santa bring anything nice other than the socks and underwear santa spoiled me this year man i got a new disc golf set up and yeah we can't even get into that i'm so excited about how <laughs> that thing is that's right yeah i guess so the disc golf stuff i love that that's so cool that you're actually into that stuff uh we talked a little off air before that i I think that's that's a unique thing it's something that i never thought actually would be kind of an ontario stuff but that's awesome that you found it um let's get to the nuts and bolts here uh we're at january right now 2023 um and as currently right now you do not have a a deal on a team uh or anything like that riding last year for the mx 101 um, I don't want to get into results or, or, oh, that day or, oh, the bike was this or whatever. Just kind of sum up uh, in your mind before I get into some of the questions that I want to ask uh, on the 2022 season, um, you know, from the start of it to, to where it ended there. Yeah, no, for sure. I think that 
I was really excited to get on the team again with Kevin. You know, he put together a good program for me the year before. We were winning some races, you know, making steps in the right direction. And then I came in, honestly, very prepared this year. I was down south for three, four months, felt in shape. Felt like we got the bike to a, a competitive point where we could go racing and, and, and challenge these guys for some wins and podium spots. And uh, we came out decent, you know what I mean? It was doesn't look great on paper, but at a lot of these rounds, I feel like I was bubbling the podium. You know, round one, one tip over cost the podium overall on the day. Manitoba tied for the podium overall. You know, I was on the podium at least at Gopher, and then I, I think I tied for podium overall at Gopher too. So it's not like I was riding around in 10th place or anything, but, you know, obviously there was something missing because I would have liked to have been battling for first and second, not for, you know, fourth, third, fifth. Yeah, 100%. And obviously, you know, it wasn't a secret. You got a bit of a raise heading into the year. There was talk of you going 450 and so that. So, yeah, there was there was pressure and there was, um, you know, guys were like, hey, this is you, ha- you have to do this. This is what you're doing. This is what we're paying you to do kind of thing. So at what point of the year did it become in behind the scenes? Obviously, guys talking a little bit. There was some frustration, whether it was in the trailer or with the team or the bikes and stuff like this. I know you, you started with um, – Joey Crown, or not Joey Crown, sorry, Matt Crown suspension, and then you went back to Joe's and uh, with SSS. Like, talk to me about that kind of stuff, because you know, switching during the year and and you know, overthinking and stuff. No rider likes to do that stuff. It's you know, we're all mental uh, flowers, if you will. <laughs> the littlest thing can affect us. Talk to me about that stuff and the mental side of it, because it was easy to see that a bit of frustration, even if an outsider, like a guy like me, that you know, we t- I talk to Kevin, I could talk to you. On an outsider looking in, it it looked like there were some frustrating moments. Yeah, no, for sure. I think we got, honestly, most of the frustrating stuff, like the big stuff, out of the way before we came into the season. Um, But, you know, maybe there was some of that lingering, and maybe I set up my bike too much for the United States tracks where I was training GPF, you know, and um, places like that where the Canadian tracks don't exactly develop quite the same. Right, like I developed a, a good bike for something like that, and then we go over to Drumheller or we go to Manitoba, where the dirt's totally different, the tracks developed completely different. You know, then it, then maybe it doesn't look so great where I'm like fighting so much for one thing, and then all of a sudden it doesn't work great, and then we come back over here to Gopher Dunes and, and Sandalee and tracks like that where the bike I felt like was going to be very good, and then it's like we made a switch back, and you know it's hard to bring it back. To, <laughs> The original, you know what I mean, you know how it goes, so obviously that can get a little bit tricky. Um, you know, it was maybe not great on my end, but maybe could have been better. Like, I don't know. It is what it is at this point, but that uh, that stuff definitely plays a role with the mental part, and, you know, maybe I was worrying about that too much instead of training, you know, and uh, yeah. doing my own thing and going to the races and trying to be the best that I can with what I got. I don't know if I ever actually read or found it. What, what I know you got hurt. How, what happened there? Yeah, the the injury thing was honestly more serious than I think people thought. People thought maybe, I don't know, some, some weird stuff. I was hearing some weird stuff filmed from the pit. But uh, I actually hurt myself in the second moto at Gopher Dunes. Um, took the week off. Swelling went down in my elbow and my arm. And I figured, you know, I got to keep going. I got to give it a try. And, and Sandalee, it, it pretty much blew out my elbow after that Um I had to go get an MRI, MRI done, and, uh, you know, they went in, and I basically almost fully tore the main ligament in my elbow. 
So to me, it was a no-brainer. Like I have to let this thing heal. She said it's, it's basically if you keep going the way it is now, you're going to need surgery and you're going to be off for three to four months because you know that's how long ligaments take to heal. And yeah, I wasn't really willing to do that. You know, in the position I was in, I thought it would be better to put a heel, and I thought it'd be back for for Walton for the last round of Walton, and then get through the Supercross rounds. But um, for some reason. It never healed. I tried to ride, and it was it was some crazy sharp pains coming through my arm. And at the end of the, there was nothing I could do. I was getting all the therapy done on it I could. I was going in a couple times a week. They were doing some laser therapy and acupuncture and everything. So it's not it's not like it, all of a sudden I got a little friggin' chip on my on my nail and um, but, you know some more kind of makes it sound like. Yeah, yeah. Um, what about, uh, so once that took place, obviously, you know, when a rider doesn't come to the track, everybody kind of builds their own storylines and this and that. We talk to each other. Once that took place, were you, were you, um, I, I don't know if the word is like exiting yourself or like weren't interested in going to the track. I know we did see you at Walton there, but it was a very sort of quiet and not, uh, positive. It's always hard to be positive when you're injured, but like, were you just like, fuck this at the moment and that also kind of lingered towards the team and the way the industry like i've had some team guys like we've been talking about you in some of these team conversations that i've had they're like well it's it sounded like he's not interested was he not interested and i mean obviously everybody makes up their own sort of stories when there's no conversation goes but truthfully was there a point where you're kind of like man fuck this i'm fucking mad at the world and it's kind of affecting everything else was that the way it was or you just couldn't find the way to communicate properly or you just didn't want to communicate um, I'd say that I wasn't honestly too upset. It's not like I went out and, and crashed my brains out and, and got injured or anything. It was didn't even happen from a crash. It just happened from an overextension. But I was in, I was talking to Kevin and, and my main guys, you know. Like, I was on the phone with them right after the doctor called, and, and he knew what was going on. And like I said, our, our plan was to come back. Our plan was to be back for Walton, be back racing, maybe only miss a weekend or two. But, um... And, and I was the only 250 guy, so it made it even a harder situation because there needed to be a 250 on the track. But, you know, I was I was talking with them, and, and I was communicating with them, and I, I don't think that I just basically said F you to anyone. You know, I was trying to be back uh, the best I could. I wanted to be out there and put the bike on the podium, right, like the rest of us did. But um, it, it didn't work out that way. And, um, yeah, I came to the track, came to Walton for the last round, but you know, I'm not sure why people think that I just kind of put up the middle finger and, you know, packed my shit up and left because, like I said, I was communicated. I, I really was. Okay, let's put that all in the past. That is a past now. 2022 is a year of, of forget, but kind of like uh, we were just talking before this about how I said, you know, I wish I worked as hard as I do now as I, back in my day with the, the talent and stuff like that, and then you're like, you know what, maybe life wouldn't have worked out the same, and now... This is just, you know, part of your story. 2022 wasn't a great year. Moving forward, uh, I've talked to you a little bit offline. Myself, uh, Ken and Ryan on, on the Canadian Unfiltered podcast here uh, made a little poke um, at you there about going racing and would you go racing. So as of right now, uh, I know you've reached out and I like that. I like that you've gotten off your ass and made some phone calls and shown initiative um, where are we at? Like, I know, like, you want to go racing again next year. Marco Canella wants to be on the track at the national side of things, or is it maybe just Marco Canella wants to get a bike and ride local and and kind of reboot? Or where are you, where are you at right now? Again, like I said, mid January. Yeah, no, for sure. It's kind of good to hear that podcast and 
kind of kicked me into gear to be like, you know what? Screw these guys. I'm going to come out and I'm going to show these guys what I can do. So, you know, that was good. I think, um, I think I'm getting a little bit of heat, a little too much heat maybe for, for what it was. I was, like I said, a couple little switches here and there, and I would have been podium. There would have been a, a, a good amount of podiums this year. I'm not making excuses or anything, but like I said, I wasn't riding around in 10th place. I was still, I was still in the fight there, and I, I wanted to be up a little bit higher. But yeah, so obviously it sucks a little bit. To uh, looks like I will not be on 101. No, no guarantees yet. But um, as far as now, um, he's got some riders lined up and. I don't think I see myself kind of doing the, the local thing, like me personally, if I'm not out here trying to be the best and win Canadian Nationals, I don't think that I would, you know, ride a dirt bike on my own and, and go buy them to, to ride the local series. And that's just, that's just my thing. I got, I got to be obsessed with self and I got to be all in and, and try to be the best. So I'm trying to find some spots, you know, there's a lot of them are filled. There's, there's only so many positions to make a living in Canada, racing, racing motorcycles. So, yeah, it's a bit of a tough situation, but uh, who knows? Are so you, hopefully come up. Are you willing to invest in yourself? Are you willing to take, let's call it $15,000 of Marco Canella's work money or maybe mom and dad can help in or for one year take 15000 bucks and say, look, it, I'm going to put it all on number 46, spin the wheel. I mean, that's just the number I'm using. I don't, so. I don't know if that number. I, I don't know, so, but at the same time, what's 15k really going to get me? If I can get a couple bikes and I can get a little bit of support, then we can go racing. But if I'm going to Apex Cycle on my own, go buy two motorcycles and then go racing on my own, 15k ain't going to do it. You know what I mean? Well, like I said, I'm just using that as a as a number. Yeah, a couple of bikes or whatever like that. Like a, uh, I'm sure you could get some uh, free sets of gear, get on some sort of contingency program. But I mean. Are you willing to, you know, if you did take this 15K and then, you know, book flights and book hotels and that kind of stuff? Like, I honestly think, you know, yes, our industry is a little bit silly sometimes the way we do things. But right now we're also going into a, a position where not a lot of money wants to be spent. I really think the Dylan Wright contract, we've all heard the numbers and, and the and the the amounts. I, I think I, Dylan deserves it all day long, but I think that's a lot of it money being spent in an industry that doesn't sell enough motorcycles to sort of justify it canada is amazing we got rigs we got tv and and all this stuff but we are not america and stuff like that um and the way that the industry is looking at it right now everybody's sort of everybody that finished the series looks like they're sort of going to get a ride if you will um you on you unfortunately didn't finish the series so you're sort of on the outs it right you, I, like you know it's almost like when new said go buy a couple bikes and go for it and you're sounding like Maybe that uh, you you want to do it, but you need support to do it. Like, is it if I'm Steve Sims or or uh, Alex Parker or or uh, Chad Goodwin or or Brett or uh, Derek Schuster, KTM Canada, any of these teams? If I'm a, I'm like I want to see them just drop it, drop everything. Like right now on the outside in, it doesn't look like you had the heart last year. And you know everybody loves an underdog story. Um, it, again put all the money on 46 and take this chance is it or like you said is it worth it like is it worth it but i mean if you don't take that chance you miss miss it kind of thing I, you, you get what i'm getting at for sure i get what you're getting at um i say i say it's worth it to myself you know if i really want it bad enough to go out and try worst case i'm in the same spot at the end of next year and you know best case is maybe i get a job racing a motorcycle again maybe i come out and do better than i ever have maybe i have more fun 
you know, maybe I enjoy it a little bit more. Get KTM, you know, 252 show, go out to Dover Dunes and just fucking shred. Like, I don't know. <laughs> that's, a, that's a hard question to answer. You know what I mean? There's, there's a lot of what ifs. Is, is there a position for me the year after if I come out and do good enough? Or am I going to be in the same boat and pay for myself to go racing for the next, you know, two years? Like, that's, that's not what I want to be doing, you know? It's, at the point in my life where I kind of need to be making a living, and I would be willing to sacrifice a year. Hell yeah, I would. You know, if I had some some insurance that, you know, if I go out here and do well and perform, that someone's going to give me a chance the year after. So, you know, I need to stay on the phone. I need to keep talking to people. I, I, I believe that. I, I truly believe if I go out there and do what I'm capable of, that I would end up back on the team at some point, you know. So there's a lot of question marks up in the air, though. You, I mean, you know, like when you sit down, have a coffee in the morning by yourself, or you're watching a TV show with your lady, like, you know, in your brain, like you're good on a motorcycle. You know what I mean? Even if you you're, you got injured or you had these moments where you didn't have, a, you had a lackluster moto or something, like, you know how to ride a bike, Marco. You're talented, all that. You know that in your heart, right? Like you you believe that still? Yeah, I, I believe I could win on any, any given day, straight up. I I honestly believe that if I come in on the right program, right machine, and I'm prepared, I believe that I can go win. You know, 450 class is, is a bit of a different thing. Dylan, Jeff, these guys are legit. They're past champions, you know, in the 250 class and 450 class. So for me to sit here and say, oh, I'm going to go win 450 Outdoor Nationals next year, you know, that's going to be a bit of a stretch. I believe I could battle podium. But, you know, my plan was to kind of go up to a 450 thing. But if I stayed back on the 250, I, I really believe that I could be a championship contender still. Straight up. Before I get you off the phone, I love that answer. I think that's a great answer, and confidence is super key, and I think that would adhere to a lot of team managers that hearing the belief. It's it's one thing to say it, but, of course, the one thing is to show it. To, the next thing is to show it. And that's sort of, I guess, what you know the majority of us are sort of waiting for. Uh, we hope that something works out and, and you know uh, uh, some deal comes through that can just kind of get you that nudge to kind of help you get over that first hump, and then you can do the rest. Now let me ask you this. This is something I've been talking about a little while. Would you are you willing to work six eight months and then race four to six months? Could you do that? Could you go? I know you're 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 a part of the family business with some painting and stuff. Like like for instance, like my parents would work extra hours for me to go racing. Your parents have done unbelievable amounts of things to make sure that you could be on the track. Are you willing to play like okay? Look at now come November, racing series is done. I'm hitting the hitting the work thing. For six months, I'm going to go try to put 20, 25K in my bank account, and then I'll go racing, and I can get, I can do a month worth of gym work and, and riding and stuff before the season. Or do you have to be 12 months a year all in to be a Canadian champion? Um, I totally agree with that. My parents busted their ass their whole life to give me every opportunity that I had. And, you know, we went out racing every single weekend in the States through Canada all the time man so you know if they were they were able to put in that kind of work to, to give me a chance i've been working the last you know four months pretty hard saving up some coin and, and stuff like that I, i'd be willing to work honestly january february um maybe even march like i think two months of full prep if i can get down south for you know six weeks um i could come out and be competitive so i, I think that you could work a job and, and still be very competitive at the races i don't think one month um, of training gives you quite enough and I think that's off the bike stuff if I'm out here working hard on the cycle bike I'm in shape and then I get a good two months on on the motorcycle I could be I could be very competitive I, I do agree with that 
I love that answer, and that's what I like to hear because I feel like there's a winds of change. The winds of shit are coming, Ricky. <laughs> or no, wait, uh, not Ricky. Who's the fat guy wait. with the belly? Um, Randy. The winds of shit okay. are coming, Randy. <laughs> and uh, I, I feel like a, a guy like you could take advantage of it in this thing. And, again, everybody loves an underdog story, Marco. Not that you're uh, an underdog in the sense that you don't have the talent and the skill set, but an underdog making a story coming back from where you were. And I believe in you, and it's cool. I appreciate your time today. Um, good luck playing Froth. And uh, – What's do Thanks you have? Is there much. is there a no, handicap in in froth? Is there a handicap or how's that work? Well, before we're on to the froth, no, I, I do appreciate you, you know, having me on here, and it's good to talk about a little bit of moto and yeah, the underdog thing. It, it kind of feels good, and I've said to you know multiple people, man, if you want to set up a trial for, I'll come ride a motorcycle, I'll come do gym work, I'll come do whatever you want, I'll freaking be your guys, man. I don't care. You you just let me come there and do it. So at the end of the day. It's, that's all I can do is put myself out there and, you know, try the best that I can to get a spot. I like it. So that's it for motorcycles. But, you know, for froth, I'm a under par guy myself. You know, I like to get out there and be way too obsessed with everything that I do. I play too much out of handicap, but there are handicaps. It's okay. I was curious how, how serious it is. Do you have that bag that goes, like, on your hip that holds all your discs? Oh, come on, man. I got a, I got a full cart. Oh, yeah. my God. <laughs> I'm around 32, 35 discs. I got the putting basket in my garage. I'm playing tournaments. I'm playing league night every 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 week. I you know, can I'm, I can see ESPN uh, Channel 8, the Ocho, former uh, motocross <laughs> hotshot champion, Marco Cronella, now a, gall, a froth champion. <laughs> Who knows, man? If I can't get a couple motorcycles to go racing, maybe you'll see me at the World Championship throwing freaking frisbees. I love it. I love oh. it. Well, hey, buddy, thanks for your time. Go have fun with your buddy, man, and I'm sure we'll be talking again soon. Right on, my man. Thanks for having me on the pod. Enjoy the rest of your day. So, Noof, uh, what did you think of what Marco had to say there? I thought it was a good interview uh, overall. Obviously, kind of like you had said there before the interview, Ken, he was uh, kind of the unknown, like what the hell happened last year. Um, and as as we all know, there's two sides to every story. Um, so we, we've heard kind of, you know, the side from the track and he kind of went MIA a little bit and he just kind of disappeared. And then obviously he, he told his side. But my biggest takeaway from the thing was is that he was uh, he was pretty open in the interview. And yeah. I like that. Marco's a quiet guy. Like he's not he's not your social media guy. And, and maybe that's why guys like us jump to conclusion and, and maybe get ourselves in trouble sometimes um, by assuming what maybe it's not the truth. But, you know, in this day and age, like I've, I've said it a million times, like be open, be so these rumors and shit don't start flying around and then everybody gets all, all upset and pissed off. But uh, his attitude was good. Like, I mean, it sounds like he's hungry. He wants to go racing. Um, He's trying to figure it out how to do it. But um, yeah, I I liked it. Yeah. Great interview there, Galdi for the first one. And uh, it sounds like you've done it before. One time or two. (laughs) Um, There's been a few in my, there's uh, been a a few, few. but um, um, yeah, for the most part, like I said, his attitude was good. Um, I felt like when we talked about it kind of leading up um, who we were going to interview or who Galdi was going to interview first, 
I'm like, this thing can go one of two ways. He could either hate the world, hate the sport, fuck everybody. I'm over it. The, you know, everybody owes me this and that, but mm -hmm. that was not the, not that, yeah. the case at all. So it was good. Goldie, uh, like Noof said, great interview. That was uh, fun to listen to. It's probably the best yeah. part about doing this podcast is I get to listen to stuff like that first. <laughs> but, um, yeah. I mean, what do you think? I, I, I got a good, I got a good rapport with the majority of racers or some guys that uh, don't like some of the stuff I say, but I think I'm, I'm pretty real. So, and I've had a good relationship with Canella for a long time. I used to kind of, uh, teach coach a little bit when he was with Moto park and stuff like that. So, um, but anyway, I just, what I took from it, I, I, I feel like there's still something there. Like he, he's got something to prove. And, you know, like I kind of said in the interview, like everybody loves an underdog story, but in this particular position he's in, he needs to showcase to Kevin Tyler or Brett Lee, Steve Sims, whoever it is that he is willing to invest in himself. Um, I've got him a couple of deals right now on some bikes that are amazing deals with big discounts and stuff like that. But nobody is going to jump on and say, here's a bunch of parts. Here's a bunch of bikes, mm -hmm. you know, and we'll get you to the races again. Da, da, da. Like it's, it's kind of starting from scratch where mom and dad might have to lend a hand. He, he continued to talk about how he's been working and making some money. So it doesn't like getting his hands dirty. Uh, his, his, his dad owns a painting business. So they were, he can do that. So like, I, I, I straight up asked him, I'm like, are you willing to put up 15,000 bucks? I go, let's call it 15 grand, you know, yeah. which would be like two motorcycles and some parts. Maybe I'm sure he could get some gear for free or stuff like that. And, and, you know, some goggles and the, 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 the bare minimum, um, you know, whether that's a 450, 250, but it's an interesting time. Like I literally just listened to, um, the Grant Harlan interview that Steve Mathis did. He went out and bought a bike. Yeah. Like Grant Harlan bought a 2022 YZ450 and he is in the 450 Supercross main. Not yeah. the Canadian series, not the Australian <laughs> series. Not like this kid went out and put his own money. Now, let's say it wasn't full price and all that crap, but that doesn't matter. Like he went out and took some of his own money or maybe he borrowed some money or maybe he had a sponsor, whatever it is. He went out and found it. And that's where I told Marco, I think that's what he needs to do. And he sounded like he was into doing that, but I don't know if that's what we're going to see. Like, I think that's yeah. what's going to need to happen to sort of prove his worth back into the industry. Like, like I said on it, you know, and, and new share that, you know, he said, C shed, we, we heard what this guy said and what this guy said here. And then he shared his story. I know for instance, that some of the manners that I'm talking to, they've got a bit of a bad taste. Yeah. Like they just like, even though they know, and like I said in the interview, in that piece that you shared, Ken, I thought that was the great clip that you put on Twitter earlier. Yeah. Like, he's good on a bike. He he still believes that he can win. He has the talent, all that shit that you need. It's just now he needs to kind of throw this little investment in himself. It's like, you know, you're a, a 25 or 28-year-old guy or girl. You don't know what direction you're going. And all of a sudden, like, you know what? Fuck it. I'm going to go back to school and do school online and, and you know, spend 2000 bucks for a program or whatever it is. And then boom, you start another career. It's the same sort of situation. He's he got a little lost. He knows what he wants. He knows what he needs. But it's going to take a little bit of effort, and more effort than just the gym or doing the motos, that kind of shit. It's yeah. going to take a little bit of financial from him to do it. And and I think that it's an interesting time in our in our series in our country now to see some guys doing that. And I'm going to jump right from that to the the so Tanner Scott. I've been trying to help and sort of talking with him. I know him and his dad really well. 
And Tanner Scott, by all means, did exactly what you're supposed to do as an amateur the last yeah. few years. Like his amateur record as far as stats and stuff go, it's better than Canella's ever was, Tanner Ward's ever was, Ryder McNabb's ever was, right? All this kind of stuff that we look at when you see like a Ryder DeFrancesco or yeah. or um, Michael Lessies or the, these amateur phenoms. He's done an 18 of 19 moto wins. But right now, the industry and the teams are kind of set in stone and teams aren't in a position of like, Let's invest in this rider to groom him. Like, they're not willing to do that right now. So it's an interesting spot for guys like a Canella and the Tanner Scott. And Tanner Scott actually has an opportunity to become part of GDR for a price. You know, almost like when your kid leaves high school, you got to invest in him to go to university. It's a similar situation here. And I've been discussing it and, and talking about it the last few weeks with team guys and sponsors. And, you know, it's, uh, you know, paying to be part of a team is not, something that you think you're supposed to do with that sort of stat sheet that Tanner Scott has accumulated the last few years, but that's the way the industry is right now. Yeah. And it shows that you're willing to invest in yourself over and above just getting off your ass and eating right and going to the gym and doing your motos. Like there needs to be some sort of financial investment uh, out of the gate for an 18 to 21 year old kid at the moment, because to beat Dylan or, to be at the same level as a Quinn Amiot, you got to earn your stripes. And maybe this is the way these kids got to do it. I, I don't know if I'm making sense here, Newt, but what are your thoughts on all that? Because you're as passionate about it as, as I am. And I mean, you were in a position like this back in your career. Yeah. No, time, timing is everything in this sport, in any sport. I mean, if you, if you back it up and, and, you know, obviously we'll, we'll talk about Tanner, Tanner Scott here. Like, yeah, you're right. He did when you're a dad and, and you're, you know, you're, you're sinking all this money into your kid and, and, you know, you want them to get to that next level. And, you know, I don't discredit one bit that Tanner's done everything that you're supposed to do as an amateur, just like you said, Goldie, but timing is everything. So with McNabb timing was right. Yeah. I mean, GDR was in a position where they wanted to, and they could invest in Ryder McNabb. Now, with Tanner, like, you know, of course he came off all these wins and Walton and domination and this and that, but the timing is just not right. We're in a different spot right now. Times are a little bit tough. The industry's kind of cutting back after the big COVID boom and people are fucking nervous for the, for the most part. Um, you got two options for Tanner Scott. There's, there's literally two options. One, you pay the money to go to GDR and Jim can sit back and relax if he can come up with the money. And Tanner will go racing on the best equipment with the team and the parts and the gear and the posters and everything else. Your second option is you go one more year with the way you were doing it, right? And yeah. go and prove your worth to everybody. Um, if he goes out and he's a top five guy on his own out of their motorhome or their trailer or whatever they have, um, you're going to get a ride next year if you go out there and prove your worth. So yeah. those are the two options. Right now, the teams are full. The teams are not taking a flyer on on Tanner. I mean, it, it sucks for him. It sucks for Jim. It sucks for the family. They, they've done this. They've done it for years. They put all the money in, and now they're kind of going like, hello, I'm over here. Like, yeah. uh, you know, like, wh where am I going? Like, what color bike am I riding? Well, I'm, it, it sucks, but that's not how it's working right now. So two options. One, yeah. you pay the money to go on a team. Or two, you tough it out one more year and prove your worth, and, and then you'll be able to go where you want next year. So 
Um, I had to do it at the later, uh, mine was different, but I did it in my last year of full season in 2008. Um, between my parents and uh, Larry Northrup at the Torrester Big Boys, we paid money for me to be on factory KTM. Um, it was a price, there was a price on it, and the money was paid. And I flew to the races. I had a bike, or I had a bike and a practice bike and parts and gear. And I got everything the exact same as what Eric Nye and Mason Phillips and the other guys that earned their spot on the team. But I wasn't in a position to where I felt that I could be competitive by doing it out of a pickup truck or whatever. So we were able to make that sacrifice and, and pay the money. And um, now whether I did any better being on the team or not, that's a fucking different story. But that's uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so a different story. But we took that risk and uh, you were treated just as part of the team. You did the testing, everything. Yeah. Right. There was no no difference. And it was. For my parents at the time, my dad especially, it was less stressful for him than going, okay, well, how much gas money do you need to get here? It was like everything was taken care of. So it is a clean process to do it that way. The unfortunate part is the money that was being paid in 2008 to the money that needs to be paid in 2023 is a substantial amount more, right? Mm -hmm. So I understand that, but... I don't know. I would argue with you if you had to go and buy bikes at a discount and drive across the country and do all this shit. Can you do it? Galdi for 75, like dude, it's expensive. Like I don't, I don't know. Like if you can do it cheaper than what the number is and we won't share what the number is, but Galdi and I both know what the number is that, that GDR needs. It's not really want it's needs because they don't want to do it half ass. They don't want to, put them with some shitty mechanic and they don't want to, you know, kind of give them B level bikes. And it, it, it's all in or nothing because if the team doesn't do it right, then it's it not a good look the for the team. Yeah. It's not a good yeah. look for the team. Yeah. So, um, and also saying this, he has a, a deal from Husqvarna Canada right now, and it's a good deal a parts right. credit and discounted bikes and all this stuff. So there is an option for them to do it on their own at a discounted price. And this where Canela doesn't have that. He yeah. has got an option of maybe using, last year product mm-hmm, uh, at mm-hmm. this kind of with some of the stuff that I've worked with them. And maybe that's, so like you said, timing is everything, whether or not they want to invest themselves and, and to, to say if I had to do it or if you had to do it again, I, I don't know. I don't know where you're at, like where their heads at, but if this is something they want to do and these are the options, then, you know, this is the way it's going to go. And it, it, to me, if it, if it shows that you go ahead and do it, man, it just, it really proves that you're you're a go getter. You're you're yeah. you're willing to risk it and willing to put that well, uh, that risk on yourself, kind of thing. Which I, I just love to hear. Ken, before I gotta ask Ken this, can you believe Ken? Two thousand eight, this happened. I did not know this about the Newf until like a week ago. This story, <laughs> really? Like, can you believe that? He's I I don't know if it was a secret or or well, what was going on, but I never knew it. He told me this. I'm like, what? It's a little grab by the nuts for the ego, Galdi. Like when yeah. you're that late in your career and you're trying to fucking hang on, like yeah. you've you've cried in fucking on the podium and retiring. Like your ego's fine. Your ego's fine. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I guess I don't. I really didn't think of it as a big deal at the time, though. Like it was like this was a way for me to go racing, and mm-hmm. I wasn't in a position where I wanted to go get a real job. And I, I mean, I never had a real job at that point in my life, and I was like. You know, you know, in parents. a sense, it's sort of interrupt. In a sense, you could be like Canella is maybe a little bit above 
your results from that 07, 06 season, stuff like that. Oh, 100%. Going in 08, right? Like that. But he's in the same kind of boat. Yeah. Um, but on the Tanner Scott, he's coming off like this record setting amateur career. Yeah. yeah. And so as a parent and everything, like, you're definitely probably a little more frustrated at like, what? I yeah, pay all this money. Okay, but yeah. Well, my my I, so. situ- my situation was like I rode. I was riding for OTSF Suzuki. That was my. I was in my second year in 07, and I didn't want to be there anymore. And they didn't want me to be there anymore. And I had nowhere else to go. Right. So yeah. it was like I had to. I had to do something. I mean, I finished off the season. It wasn't like I just disappeared halfway through and and went off the face yeah. of the earth. But I was gonna say like you can almost. You can't compare the same situation because it is quite a bit different. But remember Benoit before he got like real good and he didn't do, and I want to say it was Dude, yeah, like he didn't come west. Remember, like, no, he didn't the year have, that you rode Key Spike, yeah, yeah, right? so that was 12, right? Yeah, 2012. He didn't, he didn't come west and and do the whole series and and the full deal, but he like came out at gopher dunes fucking swinging right and he yeah. killed it all east coast and got podiums and everything and then he never looked back after that he was on a team and i got a feeling like this this canela thing's gotta be a similar situation in that sense like hey like if you don't feel like you can come out west and do it properly and get the results on a 450 i'm assuming that's the route that he would go is on a 450 um stay home raise some provincials get some gate drops and be ready to come out and be a top five podium threat guy. Come go for dunes and you'll be good, dude. You'll be good for the next year. I'm, I'm confident in saying that, but I feel like what you were saying, Goldie, he needs to prove that he wants it. He needs, cause it's been for the last however many years. It, he hasn't, I mean, he really hasn't had to work for it that hard. I mean, Kevin's always had his back and he's always had a place to go. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And the other thing too, um, the moving forward next year uh, under the KTM side of things, both Pettis and McNabb contracts are up in September. Yeah. Yeah. So there's a couple of doors that could possibly be open there. And of course, what we're seeing with Kawasaki right now, there's a bit of a juggling match going on. So come next fall, once things get a little more, you know, comfortable and understandable and all that kind of stuff, there could be some open doors there as well. So this could be a good year to really, you know, yep. prove yourself yep. uh, and, and take that risk kind of thing. And I mean, it can, it can go both directions, but you got to believe and, and, and take that risk. It's just part of that thing. Like uh, um, it's, it's part of growing up, I guess it's all part of that growing up thing. Karen Scott, not as much, but Marco Canella, time part of that growing up thing. It's like, okay, if I'm going to do this and, and it's yep. always easier to say yeah. it, uh, but you know, it'd be, it'd be cool to see it all work out and everything like that. And like you said, that's a perfect example right there of the, um of uh Kevin Benoit, even um Tim Trombley. Yeah. Another yeah, one. Sure. Tim Trombley yeah. kind of took a step back and then you know there's been a few times where that could yeah. really work out for sure. So hey, um, I'll ask you I'll ask you guys this. I'll start with Ken. So if you're Jim Scott and your kids Tanner Scott, mm-hmm. which direction well there's actually a third direction you can go. You can say fuck it and you go race in the US or chase the amateur nationals or do which they have done before. Yeah. Um so three options. One, you pay the money to the team two, you tough it out for one more year on your own bikes or three, you just say fucking go to the U S what do you do? Ken? Uh, well, I, I, at the end of the day, I guess it all comes down to money. Right. But if but you're spending money, if it's you're close, yeah, roughly, exactly. That's what I mean. What's the difference between going out and doing it yourself and what you'd have to pay to get them on the GDR thing. 
Uh, and there's a number there. I don't know what the number is because I've never even been close to anything like that. I don't know what that number is, but there is a number there where you're going to, it makes sense to go do the GDR thing because like you said, it's got everything. It's got, you're just part of the team, Yeah, a team that's won as much as you can possibly win last year. Right. So, so we will, I don't know what the number number, is, but but if the number made sense, I would do it. Yeah. Take a guess at what the number is. We won't say what it is, but take a guess what it is, Ken, if you were well, to guess. You kind of said it. <laughs> <laughs> it started with a seven and it had a five in it. 75 yeah. to 80 K, yeah. 75 to 80 K juggling certain things. It, it would be in and around that. Yeah. Um, to do it like, and you're going to spend that on your own buying three bikes and motors and suspension. And, yeah. you know, that's the other thing too. And I mean, Newford knows this better than I, but this, it adds up quick now, just trying to get to a certain level, especially mm. in the 250 class. And uh, it can add up real, real, uh, real quick. But um, if you're asking me that question, if I, I, I voted 100%, and the, the big, the kicker for me would be falling under Dylan Wright, yeah, uh, yeah. and they go for and being able to train and ride and everything. Yeah, just see what he does. Take that, yeah. take as I like to say, take that jug of Kool Aid and suck it down every chance you get. Yeah. Why wouldn't you right now? Like, why if I got a chance to go ride with Dylan Wright? who has been on the world stage showcasing what the work that he does, the effort that he has, his skill set is as good around the world in the top 10 names, top 15 in the world type thing. Like fucking sign me up. Yeah. Yeah. And there's only one way to learn stuff like that. I will eat what he eats. I'll sleep when he sleeps. I'll fucking, you know what I mean? Just soak (laughs) that up for Mm -hmm. a year. I thought you were going to go further with that. There for a <laughs> I, 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 no, PG, we got we got sponsors now. We got to yeah. keep the PG. <laughs> we're not unfiltered anymore, I guess. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. We are just maybe a, just a small filter, like a just coffee. A, hey, yeah. Real quick, <laughs> we'll move on from that. What do you guys take of this whole Benoit thing at KTM? I mean, that's something I guess we haven't really talked about. Yeah. Well, we talked about it a little bit last time, and, and right. how I thought I feel like that bike is going to be just amazing. That 252 stroke. Yeah. But JSR keeps saying it's not the whole series. Yeah. It is weird. not the whole series. So I guess we'll see. But man, yeah. you see his Instagram, he's training, he's going to the gym, and it's it doesn't sound like I don't think Kevin is pretty laid back on anything, right? He's a pretty serious guy. Yeah. Yeah. He works hard at everything he does. So um, but I mean, if they go to round one just for because it's an off weekend and it, it goes, you know, it works out on the podium or yeah. Like you've got to think that it's going to go the whole series. Right. So yeah, for sure. So, but uh, I like it. I think it's cool. I like the two fifty two stroke thing. Isn't it an advantage disadvantage? I don't know anymore, man. I, I just, I just like to see some racing. If all of a sudden he's whole shotting every single moto yeah. and winning by 40 just, seconds, yeah. then I guess, okay, well, I guess that bike is a fucking <laughs> advantage, but I mean, there's no, there's no question. He knows how to ride the bike, right? Like that's the, that's how he won his first title. Yeah. You couldn't throw a, you know, if it, if it was, if the bike itself was just an advantage, you know, you couldn't throw a piccolo on it and get the same, <laughs> the no. same result type of thing. I mean, obviously Kevin has a shit ton of experience on it. Won his first championship on it. I mean, you remember that one, I think it was that year he won it. Remember he started out West on the 250F and then switched. Like he rode two different bikes throughout the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. That was pretty wild too. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that with the way he knows how to ride that bike, it's an advantage. I mean, we've, we grew up racing them, Galdi. I mean, you can, if you know how to ride a 252 stroke, man, you can make it work. Yeah. Big time. Big time. Awesome. Okay. Well, I just have one question from all the stuff we've talked about here. You guys mentioned, or Galdi, you mentioned that Natsuki's going to be on a 250. 
So who yeah. does PRMX have on 450s? Because last year they had that Felix Lopez who did pretty well. He's not coming um, back from what I understand, right? No, so I, I don't believe, I'm not too sure. I don't believe so. I don't, I'm not too sure. They, he's been, he said if Yoder makes sense, he might have Yoder come up. Okay. Uh, Clayson could do a few rounds. I honestly, he didn't really have much concrete information on that. He's kind of focused on. Is that kind of a side thing? Side of thing? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Like the Canadian stuff is a backside of thing. And actually it's pretty cool. He did mention a little while ago, he, they're getting actually some support from Kawasaki USA now. Oh, so, uh, you know, it's Julian's paid his dues here by, yeah. by staying in this position for a while. And, and we've all questioned, how does he pay for it? You know what? <laughs> Who gives a shit? It's really none of our business as long no, as they're yeah. paying their bills and all that kind of stuff. And now he's putting in the work and just like we're talking about Canela, maybe you got to put your money in to get it paid That's off. That's where I was going like with that. Yeah. 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 Right. So, uh, it's a cool, cool story. Good on Julian, uh, for doing that. Okay. Well, uh, I think we covered everything we set out to cover at the start of the oh, podcast. One last here. thing oh. is the schedule. So it right. sounds yeah. like I talked to Justin Thompson on Thursday or sorry, Friday. And it sounds like the schedule is going to come out this week. Uh, eight rounds MX and four weekends of AXSX. I don't know if those are going to be double headers in some of them. Um, sounds like Edmonton is going to be a West round. Nice. Uh, on the thing, not drum Heller. Uh, the East is basically exactly what it was last year. Um, looks like it's start the first weekend of June, and it's not going to be Kamloops. We're talking Edmonton for round one. So then we we'll go Kamloops and then Calgary, um, and then the East would be the same. And then the the schedule for the AXSX, I'm not too sure the dates, but uh, London, Medicine Hat, Calgary. Um, and it looks like the idea, from what I can gather, and I was allowed to say, say is that on the WSX side, they're going to try to work together and make it like what it was in Australia, how the Friday night would be a triple crown round. Okay. Cool. So you know how in Australia, they had the Australian Supercross series on the Friday night, like with the Braytons and, and all that stuff. And then the Saturday was actually the World Supercross. So that I think is what sort of the idea nice. around it. Uh, that is not concrete at all. That is just sort of hearsay. But that is my my guess of the way the situation can make sense of things and then that would open the door of uh, maybe the canadians uh, looking at getting a wild card spot at that particular wsf because you want to you're going to want to have canadians on a team at the canadian round right sort of like they did in australia yeah. same kind of thing so, same idea, so yeah. that's where they're at with that and the schedule it sounds attractive uh, of a lot of the confusion and things that were being talked about it sounds like it's going to be in a good place and makes sense team wise spending wise all that kind of stuff and i guess you know, between Edmonton, Kamloops, Calgary, those are three great Western rounds. Manitoba maybe being left out. It's still not concrete, but those are what I've heard this week, and, and we'll see. Uh, I, I guess it's going to come out to middle to the end of the week. We'll see. The okay. BC uh, the BC crowd is already going to be up in arms, so we'll just cover it right now. They're going to be fired up that they're starting in Edmonton. Yeah. Because <laughs> they've got to go, <laughs> and it only affects one province, but they got to go from BC Edmonton, to back, yeah. Edmonton, back to BC, back to Alberta. But, and I brought this question up when I talked to Kyle Galdi and he, I don't remember exactly what he said, but when I heard him say it, it did make sense for, you know, obviously sponsor money and everything like that. So yeah. uh, okay. for the, cause I, I was like, that's, that's dumb. And you're going to get a lot of backlash on it, which they, they will from the BC crowd to the people that are coming anywhere east of uh, Alberta. It doesn't affect anybody on the financial side, but he did have a good reason. And I told him, I said, you guys should be transparent of the reason why that you're doing that. But uh, yeah, just to cover we'll that. Leave, leave that be... But you know what, Noof? 
we are going to run the greatest arena cross yep. weekends, five rounds that anybody's ever seen in BC. And yep. that's going to make up for any anger towards anybody that. Well, that's and you know, I, I was thinking when you were talking, <laughs> when you were talking about world supercross, I'm just going to just come right out to Adam Bailey. If I ever talk to him, just say, dude, just move this fucking thing to Chilliwack. Like, let, <laughs> let's do it there. We can do it. Like let's Ken just... Roxon in the big red bar. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine that. Maybe wow. Beats would maybe Beats would come out of retirement to see if he can run the pace of Roxon in the bar. Oh. Beats still thinks he's the fastest in that bar ever. <laughs> oh, he's got some stats. He's got yeah. some stats. Yeah. But, yeah. Um, that's it. I think there, Kenny. Yeah, for sure, man. And um, that that was a good good kicker. Big thanks to KTM Husky Gas Gas. Yep. And Guts Racing. Make sure you use that code Pulp Twenty Three GutsRacing.com. And uh, we got some sponsors, boys. We got some sponsors. Also, one yes, one more thing. Uh, keep an eye on on Twitter and Instagram. We do have a website up and running. It's not uh, the sponsors and stuff haven't all been added, but that'll be done in the next uh, four or five days. So if you guys want to, you can check out our website. Just keep keep an eye out on on uh, social media, and we'll put put that information out there. And we will have a way for you guys to reach our sponsors and buy their stuff. That's what uh, pays for the podcast. So. You got it. Okay. And join uh, our and join our pulp fantasy league too. Oh, that's oh, yeah. right. Yep. Yep. I'm gonna win uh, two hundred bucks. I didn't check on that. How did you do? I won. Well, I didn't win. Out you of the won three the, of us. Our league? No, I won out of the three of us, I won. Oh yeah, I had two twenty oh, two twenty three. But Noof was right behind me. He's two eighteen or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> Just so you guys know, I'm I was national number seventy two about two years wow. ago. So oh, yeah. Kyle Keith. You're in for trouble. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. There you go. There you go. How many right point, how many points did you get, Kenny? Uh, 223. I think you were just behind oh. me. Yeah. Wow. Look at you. Just fucking, you probably got spreadsheets going and I do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Some sort of, some sort of app on his phone where he type puts in a guy with his results. And it comes no, out with I don't go like that the... deep. No, <laughs> too stupid for that. But I do have, yeah. uh, I, I actually do everything pen and paper, write it down. And then oh, the next wow. year I go back and read it. Yeah. So <laughs> Jeez, you're awesome. such a nerd. Ken. I am. That's why I'm here. <laughs> Podcast wouldn't exist if I wasn't. So, yeah. Um, awesome. Okay, guys, that's awesome. Great podcast uh, interview. Again, was was amazing. It was good to hear from Marco because, like we said, that's one of the biggest questions going in, and got lots of information. So, uh, thanks for coming to talk to us and and fill everybody in. And uh, we'll have another one coming out in what two weeks or three weeks, Galdi? What yeah. do you think? Something like that. That's a plan. Every couple of weeks, we'll kind of yep. get an update and go from there, boys. Okay, awesome. Thanks for talking, guys. See you later. Sounds good, boys. See ya. Yep. Yeah.